Ghislaine Maxwell trial, day seven. Day seven. I almost said seven, seven, seven. Like, that's a thing? That's not a thing. Yes, it is. It's the Danzig album. So, day seven, Danzig takes the stand. My God! Hello, everyone. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let's let's. You know what? 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 Hello. Say your name. Oh, well, that's what I was about to do. I was leading us in with the let's, and then I was going to say say our name. You say let's. I'm Brace. My name is Brace. Probably the worst court reporter of all time. If today is going by any um, why? Well, they'll hear. Um, but yeah, my name is just stupid old Brace that nobody likes. And everybody oh hates my and God. Well, I'm Perfect cool. Liz, the best court reporter of all time. We have with us Young Chomsky, who's, who, oh, depending on what side he's in. Young Chomsky, give me a thumbs up if you support Brace. Okay, no <gasps> thumbs up. So we have Young Chomsky who, oh, he's giving me a middle thumb. You know, uh, overruled. Overruled, exactly. Sustained. Um, and we are True and On, and we are covering the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, Ultra Trial here in <laughs> New York, uh, which I thought was such a great city that I've always said such nice things about until today it bit me in the ass. Oh, my God. Wait, that's opposite. No, what? You used to always say terrible things about New York. So I, today you were proven right. Yes. But we're not going to get to that until a little later. Mm-hmm. I have a little courtroom news that I'd like to report. That's the new sound, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ticker tape. Uh, Number one, there is no court, court is not in session on the 13th, 14th, and 15th because Judge Allison Nathan says that she has prior commitments, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, she's drying out. Oh, my God. I think it has to do with, you know, because she's, like, up for a big promotion. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You can really tell she's, like, ready to get done with this trial. Um, But that also means that all you little gumshoes out there are not getting podcasts on the 13th, 14th, and 15th. And I don't want to hear a peep from you. No. We've already got... You know how many DMs I got last night at, like, nine? Because we're doing it. We got a new recording thing. So, by the way, please, let's hope this works. God. My first, yeah, this bloodthirsty monster. I was like, people were DMing me at like eight thirty, being like, "Where's the episode? Where's the episode? What? Give me a, br- it's coming. And if it doesn't come, call the police. Or See don't. if they fucking come. How about this? Chill out. Yes, uh, we we but do we, something else. We will not be doing episodes that day. Uh, yeah. those days. And so don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it from any of you. That isn't to say I won't be and Liz won't be you know what i say make your own episode yeah yeah but well, don't, don't send it to me and, because i'm not gonna listen yes but uh no i got some i got some heavy research to do on some some people the defense are bringing to the fore so don't worry we'll be hard at work um i will say very important courtroom news that we actually the day started off with liz what well prior like we've told you all prior to the jury coming in and like the you know the gavel getting gaveled mm. There's always a little bit of conflagration between. Oh, there's a conflagration of the 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 you know, the, uh, the uh, 
prosecution, the defense, and the judge all kind of like, you know, uh-huh. talk about some of the issues facing the day. People try to get things disqualified. The politics, the news, how Biden's exactly. doing. Yeah, exactly. Gas prices. Omicron. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, and today there was a bit of a, um, well, incredible spat because, uh, as you might recall, minor victim number oh, one, Jane, uh, it appears that her brother was due to take the stand, but yes, she had in fact, Brian. yes. And, but she had in fact called her brother, which mm. is a, a no, no and, and talked to him about, you know, uh, how it went for her. And, um, well, she had called uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's attorney, Laura Menninger, a C word that rhymes with front. Mm. Uh, and this is verbatim. I thought they said flunt. Liz says front. They said front. Yeah. Because I wrote down front gate. Um, what's classic. Yeah. Uh, and that came up. They had to spell out uh, a, a few times the fact that Jane called Laura Menninger a, like a real cunt. Um, yeah. Which is incredible it's really funny here's the thing though manager by the way there loose lips sink ships and jane should not have called her brother because her brother was due to testify and here's the whole thing it's you know allison nathan had to rule on whether or not that was an actual violation of basically court order because you can't discuss what you what you were asked what Mm. you testified about what they could potentially ask Brian, and it's unclear because no one's privy to those conversations what the actual convo was. Yes. And so I will say that Laura Menninger, it is Laura, right? Mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't call her Laura. That Miss Menninger uh, really played up the, the, you know, blushing Victorian aspects of the whole thing. I do declare, I can't believe that she would, you know, and yeah, yeah. Alice and Nathan really wasn't having it. She was like, okay, okay, we it's get like, it. It's like, you got to admit, you kind of are. Well, no, it's more like, okay, you're not actually offended. I mean, you are, but you're not really. And this isn't the big deal. The big deal is whether or not actually like substance of what is going to be discussed was discussed. Now, Then it was like a whole thing. They didn't actually get to a ruling on whether or not Brian would testify until the end of the day. And they, and, um, the prosecution basically said, you know what? We we don't actually need him. Yeah. So Brian shall not be testifying. He will not be. Hopefully it wasn't too big of a trip to New York city, but yeah, is the brother is not backing her up. Some other big news, which you were not here for, but Mm. this is pretty nuts. Now we have been discussing whether, this trial, how long it's going to go for. Yeah. And we really have no idea. Also because, in case no one's noticed, this is the first trial we've ever covered. Mm-hmm. Well, pro- I, I, I mean, I, I've covered the Smollett stuff pretty closely, <laughs> but I guess not for any, just for my personal st- uh, records. The prosecution let the court know that they plan on resting their case on Thursday. Now, pretty much everyone in the room was like, wait, what? <laughs> And I think we were all a little bit shocked. Now, today we did go through a lot of evidence and we did hear from the third victim, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to at the end of the show. But it, I, I, we only have one more victim to hear from, but I assumed we would be hearing from a lot of other witnesses to corroborate. And two days of testimony 
pending how long cross-examination goes, just really doesn't seem like a lot of witnesses. Yeah, so this is what confuses me, is because there were, like, felt like a lot of witnesses for minor victim number one. Yes. Um, you know, like, they had her, uh, you know, the finance director for, two, two, basically people who worked at not only her high school, but a summer camp she went to. And there hasn't been nearly that level for, for the for other victims. For anyone else. At, at all, whatsoever. Which yeah. is confusing to me. Yeah, totally. That's a good point. I think, too, like, um, it seemed today, and we were discussing this, and I also talked to a couple other little uh, real gumshoes, real reporters out in the scrum today about this, and they agreed with me, that it seemed as if the prosecution was setting the stage for Sarah Kellen to testify. Yes. Which would be quite the blockbuster event. It is my knowledge and understanding, and this was, uh, I you know, checked this with someone in the courtroom. You almost just said corroborated. I did. We're becoming lawyers. It's great. Although I, I got a lot to say about lawyers today. Dude, I'm literally, you know I am a lawyer, right? Well, I got nothing good to say. Yeah. Um, it is my understanding that she, Sarah Callan, is working with the government. That is what her lawyer has said. Now, whether that means a plea agreement for testimony or is there's a whole nother case that's going to be announced, yeah. I have no idea. But the witness today, the victim, um, was asked multiple times about Sarah Kellen. A whole bunch, yes. Yeah, and they have talked about Sarah Kellen uh, in other, like other witnesses have, t- have testified to like her presence and her role in the house and with Epstein, but also with... Um, you know, her, her role in uh, the abuse of the women or of the girls. And so it seems as if they are setting the, what I understand to be called foundation to call Sarah Kellen to the stand to testify against Gillian. So who is Sarah Kellen? Sarah Kellen, which we, we've talked about on the show, but not for quite a while. She was part of this sort of, um, how do you say this? Coterie? C-O-T-E-R-I-E. A coterie. She was part of this coterie of uh, young women that Epstein had hanging around him that functioned both, although less Sarah from what I understand, but functioned as both like uh, sexual partners for him, um, but also recruiters for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a much more direct way, I think, than... than um, like, they cut right to the chase a lot, a lot of the time, as we heard in some of the testimony today. Um Sarah Kellen is sort of one of the more famous ones Mm -hmm. because not only was she a high profile one as in like she was his arm candy quite a few times, but also she participated in a lot of the abuse of these girls. But she is also married to a NASCAR driver named Brian Vickers. So I think she goes by Sarah Kellen Vickers now. Um, Here's what I am really, really curious to see is... From even just the testimony we got today, Sarah Kellen is guilty as Ghislaine of just the charges that are being put against Ghislaine, right? And then some, yes. And then some, exactly. Yeah. Like, she is, she is, I mean, a lot of her, uh, her, she's in the picture much later than Ghislaine, so there's a lot more digital records, I assume, but like, you know, she performed so many of these same tasks when, as we'll get to, uh, minor victim number four was talking today, she mentioned that basically Ghislaine and Sarah Kellen had many of the same roles. Yeah. And so if she turned state's evidence, I like saying that, but if she flipped, 
Uh, I am very curious to see what kind of deal she got and what kind of charges she might be facing too. Um, whether those charges would have been announced prior to this, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's, I mean, well, well, it remains to be seen, but yeah, yeah. I will say just to back up the idea here that they might be calling her is that they have pulled up photographs of her to have witnesses identify her positively. The only other people they've done that with have been Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so she is function. She is factored so heavily into, especially the testimony today that, I mean, it would be absurd if she wasn't subpoenaed for this. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's for Christ's sake. And again, like she is a guilty fucking woman. So we'll see what happens with her. So we started the day back in with the, you know, nice looking FBI agent special agent (laughs) talking about photographs now we did see some rare galanes we saw quite a few rare galanes and in fact we saw a really intimate picture of jeffrey epstein resting his little footsie foo Mm. on uh galane maxwell's shelf breast uh, on his airplane in a very like these were photos of galane and jeffrey that uh you might recall yesterday we were talking about um Kate's testimony Mm -hmm. that a lot of the time in photographs, Jeffrey would be looking at the camera and Ghislaine would be looking at Jeffrey. Mm. And boy, did we not see some literal examples of that today? Oh yeah. Almost every photo, except I think the last one, which was the last one. The last one was definitely the, the last in the chronology, like going by the outfits and the haircuts, you can kind of date them. I'm going to say this sounds horrible. They had the quality of a like Fitzbo tumbler. Yeah. Vibe. Oh, they definitely were. There they was had that, one like, of him in like a red après ski kind of outfit. Stop talking in French. It means after ski. Oh, they have after ski. Okay. It was like a red ski suit. They were like in Aspen or Is, yeah. something. And it had a very like, I don't know, you could see it on some some assholes like yeah. fucking mood board or whatever. Some some like sixteen year old like gay guy that loves Lana Del Rey. <laughs> it's like Yeah. There oh, was this fits fire. The one I wrote that was the one that he was looking at her, mm-hmm. she, it was the one where she had short hair. Yes. And it was like, okay, this one's later. It's clearly the late 90s, early 2000s. And I wrote, given his tiny sunglasses, mm-hmm. he had kind of a little like China Chalet look going on. Which, yeah. You know. Um, it, but yeah, there was quite a few photographs in it. So it looks like that's all the photos we're getting off of those binders. Of yeah. Just photos of Jeffrey and Ghislaine. They submitted a photo of Virginia Roberts, but it was submitted under seal. And so yes. we have not seen it. Now, there was a kind of bizarre back and forth where they were trying to pin down and get the FBI agent to say basically how many photos there were. Yes. This we was heard. like a confusing back and forth. Because we heard a lot of numbers tossed out there. Yeah, a lot of numbers. What I, The best that I could do after they, they basically threw three numbers out there and then took one back. Do you remember? Yeah. And they, she said that there were two sets, one of 20,000 and one of 18,000. Yeah. So we're talking about at least a little over 38,000 photos. Which is really something. That's a lot of photos. Yeah, yeah. And we saw one, two, three, four. We saw four. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were, yeah. So no idea what's in there. Well, next they called up uh, 
Stephen Flatley, who I I loved. Him. I lit- I'm such a dork. I wrote Michael Flatley's brother. That's not even a good joke. Who, I don't know who that is. You know, the Lord of the Dance. No. Oh like my the God. kilt man. Yes, the Lord of the Dance. Didn't know that he had a name. Michael I thought Flatley. it was just a title. I thought anyone could be the Lord of the Dance. No. It's like you just had to defeat no. the prior one. I could be Lord of the Dance. Oh my God. So he is part of the FBI. New York Division CART, which came up yesterday in uh, both of the, I believe, FBI Special Agents testimonies. But so CART is he collects and processes digital evidence, essentially. Like that is his job. And so like, whereas, so the two successive agents we had dealt like the first one, she didn't really deal with a lot of digital stuff. The second one, she did deal with a lot of digital stuff, but she wasn't like an expert. And this guy is like, "Mm, hello. I am Mr. Computer. Except he looks like a cartoon FBI agent. Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he was did like, not, and he had like a voice like, yes, I deal with the computer. I am an FBI agent dealing with the computer. So he's been a digital forensic examiner for 16 and a half years, which I thought was a little too precise. Uh, before that, he was a computer consultant and programmer. So this guy is nerd through and through. And boy, did they use his expertise because we're talking metadata, data. All that kind of stuff. Well, and before we got to that, they literally had to, because as we learned, we have to pretend that the jury is brand new baby, doesn't know anything about literally the world. The turnip truck pulls up to the courthouse day one of the trial and these people fall off. Oh my God. They literally, he, the prosecution was, what is a computer? Yeah. What is an image? And I was like, come on, man. Yeah. The guy defined Let computer the Lord for of the us. Dance. Keep it moving. So I actually wrote in my uh, in my notebook here is what is a computer and saying I'm leaving to eat a kind bar. <laughs> so we start talking about emails and we start talking about documents and uh, there is a lot of basically these 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 emails and documents were taken from a Windows computer that Ghislaine Maxwell owned. Yeah. So Ghislaine, by the way, I want to say a PC girl. Which, mm-hmm. as I've always maintained, is the pedophile computer. Uh, that's not... I mean, it's in here in the court what? records, so I don't know. It's in yeah, here I'm in this room. Legal. A legal thing, I don't know. That's crazy, because yeah. actually, I'm reading a statistic here that says 9 out of 10 uh, pedophiles actually used the macbook i don't know that's not in, not that. in this case actually it was designed it's, for, it's actually it was designed for that is the what the, that's in this so case crazy you must be reading wikipedia but i'm PC. actually i'm reading it's my notes actually it's your, oh it's so it's your notes that are subjective because that wouldn't actually we hold up in the court records. no it's fine. uh well no because i'm actually looking at fbi.truth and it says what i'm saying but anyways so first of all we start seeing some emails from Ghislaine that are, well, they make Ghislaine seem a bit high strung, frankly. And this seems to be backing up a lot of Juan Alessi's testimony mm. here mm-hmm. because their emails to, I believe, Sally Markham, uh, yes. sort of house manager that worked for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I struggled to write down them were the long emails and they were full of complaining. And so I struggled to actually get all of it down. But the first one was like a six point thing that was like complaining about how I believe Juan Alessi's job, like he was doing a poor job. This mm-hmm. was, I think, around 2001. That's like there was no drinking water in the black Merc, which I believe means Mercedes. No pens in the black Mercedes. The bulb on Jeffrey's desk was burnt out. The pool deck was filthy. I had to pressure wash it. Uh, and then 
Thought John said he could change color card in the computer. Not done. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, I don't know what that means. Are there color cards in computer? Young Chomsky, are there color cards in computers? I don't know. He uses a Mac, so he might. Uh, they're know. okay. Cool. So it's just, all right. Well, unfortunately, pedophiles use color cards too. So as we see here. But uh, yeah, so it was it was clear like from these emails that she was like, focused on like she was going she was she was learning lessons from the countess yeah she basically was like oh my god Juan or john as she refers to him is doing a really bad job and this is supposed to show like yeah corroborate that you know she ran the house and she was kind of you know like cracking the whip on john it mentions the list it mentions the checklist like is he not filling out the binder where are we with the manual have we you know worked on the manual and so it's kind of a back and forth Following that, there is a series of documents that are um, like offered that are a bunch of lists of products. Yes. Um, this wh- woman is sick. <laughs> um, they were a bunch of like a list of like a bunch of shampoos that were like approved to be bought. And then a bunch of like, I think they were like, it said bath and body products there's a bunch of massage oils, different new brands shampoos. that are listed. New shampoos. Yeah, new shampoos. My understanding, this is my guess, is that this is the list of like, you take this, you go to the store. Because it's like Nexus, Clairol, Revlon, Sassoon. Like these are all brands you can get at the- Interesting the notes you took down. Yeah. Oh, I, took, I got more. I, I also um, That are at supermarkets. And she does mention that like, it's okay to go to Publix and- um, what was the other one? Uh, it was like Savers or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. No Piggly Wiggly, I noticed. Well, yeah. I don't know rich if people exa- I, that might just be a Tennessee thing. Love a deal. I That's love a Piggly Wiggly. They say rich. Um, but at, my understanding is it's like, okay, if you go to the store, these are the ones that you can pick from. Yeah. I want to just say, because I was very proud of myself about this. Oh, of course. Now, on the list oh, of skin products, it's kind of like continuing this very 90s you know, top shelf fee that Ghislaine was doing. So you got Kiehl's, you got Lancome, you got Clarence, Laura Mercier, like all the kind of hits from 1998 to 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, Estee, of course. Then what do we see? Sicily Paris. Now, what did I say? (coughs) I saw it. I knew I saw it. Yes, Sicily Paris. You can't hide a skin product from me. I knew the brand. Is that a good, a fancy one? Oh, it's like insanely fancy. Oh. Oh, yeah. They have like, there's this one mask that's very popular by them. I think it's like $85. Whoa. Yeah. Because I've always thought of Sicily as being Italian and Corsica as being Paris. Like no, S-I-S-L-E-Y, Sicily, Paris. Well, there was also a big, clearly like Word document ad that she made that was, help wanted. Are you a massage therapist? Work in Palm Beach home. Mm-hmm. And then a huge letters, excellent pay, mostly weekends, and 351-1000, no area code given, and then leave message. So the, finally, there was a document that I tried to write down in its entirety as much as I could. I'm sure it'll be released on the internet, um, you know, tonight or tomorrow. But uh, this appears to, I mean, let's be clear. This was on Ghislaine's computer in a word, in, in word that was owned by Ghislaine. I'm not entirely sure it was written by Ghislaine. Yes. But... I will bring in the defense's objections to this when you're done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. J and G, or uh, Jeffrey and Ghislaine, have been, together a, uh, have been together a couple for the last 11 years. They are, contrary to what many people think, 
rarely apart. I almost always see them together. And it goes on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I got some more choice lines. G- Ghislaine is really intel- is highly intelligent and great company. Uh, a ready With a ready smile and infectious laugh. Jeffrey and Ghislaine share many mutual interests and they have a lot of fun together. Jeffrey and Ghislaine complement each other really well and I cannot imagine one without the other. In addition to being great lovers, they are also the best of friends. Insane. Ugh, great lovers. Great lovers. Now, we were talking after this was offered uh, at the little break, and we were saying, oh my gosh, do you remember right when Epstein was arrested, before everything got scrubbed from the internet, Mm -hmm. there was still eventually those websites up. Yeah. And there was like the bios of Epstein, and it was all about the conferences that he was holding on Little St. James with Stephen Pinker and all those fucking assholes and whatever. And, you you know, it, it... the way that it spoke, that it, the, there was all these bios, um, and the way that it spoke about Jeffrey was in that kind of like um, undergraduate, like writing a press release. Undergraduate, style. baby, this reads like a fucking high schooler yes. talking about their like their yes. friends. Webster's Dictionary says that exactly. Jeffrey and Ghislaine are the best of yeah, totally. Um, so it really reads like that, which is it. That's it, the first thing it reminded me of. Which made me think that this feels like a press release. Now, you missed this. However, fun little gossip. Vicky Ward was prancing about oh, the halls. She looks like a damn crackhead. I really think her boots are Jeffrey Campbell, by the way, which is very interesting. Why are you saying, by the way, after that to me? I, <laughs> just, I would understand that in the slightest. Look, Who's Jeffrey Campbell? There are people out there who know exactly what I'm talking you about. You have to stop talking to them, though. What, what? does that I like mean? talking to them. Okay, so she's wearing Jeffrey Campbell. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. She's got the gait of a uh, meth, methamphetamine very, very smoker. Very, very thin legs, but mm-hmm. not in a... Mm, not in a good way. She was prancing about the courthouse saying, bragging, that letter was sent to me because it was for the Vanity Fair profile good that Vicky Lord. Ward wrote. Good Lord. Though Vanity, this fa- very same Vanity Fair profile that had basically any mention of Maria and Annie Farmer excised from it, uh, care of sissy Graydon Carter, whose wife has often been found cavorting with her many lovers at the restaurant that he owns that I can't remember the name of. The Waverly Inn. The Waverly Inn, where his wife cheats on him every night. That, that very same, same article. Huh. Maybe I'll go there tonight and have sex with Graydon Carter, his wife. <laughs> Is that guy not gay? Isn't that crazy that yeah. she was just fucking saying? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This was reported back to me. I'm just saying, not mm-hmm. a firsthand witness. However, very good source. She almost spoke to me in line today because she thought I was somebody else. She is a confused woman. Yeah, and she's probably hungry. Mm-hmm. I know. I tried to now, force feed her. A I dumpling. mentioned that I wanted to say something about the defense. Now you said that it was Ghislaine's computer. That is because the user it was Gmax. That's yes. the name of the user, and that it was registered to Ghislaine and all these things. Now, the defense comes in and says, were there any other users registered to this computer? No, this was the default user. And there's this whole thing. You have no idea who was using the computer. Exactly, yeah. They were establishing that it was just called the house computer and that Gmax was the default user mm-hmm. of the computer, like username of the computer. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea that this is like a hard drive from Ghislaine's own personal like laptop she carries everywhere that this is her thing no that wasn't really um or the defense is arguing that that's not 
exactly the case that this was more of like a shared you know kind of like remember i don't know i feel like when i was a kid we had like one computer in the room and like everyone yeah used it, yeah 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 i remember my brother like would always be playing like counter-strike and i couldn't i had 30 minutes of screen time a day and i couldn't play everquest on it that some some sore memories from that terrorists win um but there was also they mentioned evidence tape uh on the box uh, of hard drives that we talked about yesterday, which had some indication that they had been seized in July of 2007. Now we have, we do not know. Like I talked to, to Julie Brown, who yeah. originally reported, you know, that, you know, uh, perversion of justice, that giant Epstein series that really like kind of kickstarted yeah. a lot of the reinvestigation and to him. And, well. Yeah. Yeah. The book as well, but I haven't read the book. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, what we knew is that the hard drives were missing from his computers. This is entirely new information, and I'm still trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, she tweeted about that and was very, she was very confused and really wants some answers about where the hell yeah. this stuff came from, who gave it back to him, and if the FBI ever had it. Yes. Or the Palm Beach police. Yeah. Or the FBI. Either one. Oh, speaking of FBI, too, is is if your hunch was that an FBI agent should have stayed with the evidence that they did not have the warrant to search. That's what I said search, this morning. Yeah, exactly. We talked, well, you and I both talked to people about that. And I, I, I talked to other people after we had that conversation this morning. Everyone's in agreement. Like, how yeah. was there not somebody that was just sitting what there? What we're referring to is when, yeah, when they seized, when they first entered the townhouse, like we were talking about yesterday. And they, their warrant apparently didn't cover taking the items that were in the safe, which included binders of CDs Don't and know diamonds, why the warrant wouldn't cover that, but yeah. Passports, et cetera. That rather than having an agent posted up at the scene so that nothing could be moved, uh, which is protocol, that they basically left and then came back with a warrant days later. Five days, five days later. Um, I'm so incensed I almost burped, but didn't. <laughs> At which point, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer returned all the goods to them in a suitcase because he was in possession. Yeah. Stuff. So anyway, that is not what should have happened at all. Well, I think what really surprised us is actually next they brought up minor victim four, um, who's going by Carolyn. And so Carolyn is actually her real name. Uh, as far as we understand, there was actually some confusion on the part of the defense about that. Um, but Carolyn is her real name. It's just her first name. And so she's, it's a strange kind of semi anonymity. They're not being, it seems like as really forceful, like with the same way they were with Jane about some of this, mm. but, um, she is, she is essentially semi anonymous. So we don't know her last name. Uh, then they're not giving uh, a lot of identifiable stuff about her. I think, or they, they're giving rather less identifiable stuff about her than they would if she was using her full name. Um, but yeah, I was rather surprised that they brought her out again this early. Yeah, we everyone in the court uh, kind of thought that um, Annie was coming next. Yeah, and it looks like they're saving her for last. So we heard from yes, Carolyn today. Now, before we get into the kind of like specifics of her testimony. I just want to introduce this by saying like the 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 other the past two victims that we've heard from, Kate and Jane. Jane is an actress. Mm-hmm. Um she grew up in Palm Beach, but you know, there was 
you know, there seems to be a lot of uh, quibbles about how she grew up, but it was decently wealthy or, you know, maybe upper middle class. There's discussions about, you know, whether or not she lived uh, near a country club, but it was a gated community, things like that, right? I think her stepfather had some money. Right. I, I, I was looking into it, so... And Kate, you know, of course, she grew up in uh, Belgravia, which is a very, very posh neighborhood in London. It's the same neighborhood that Ghislaine had her townhouse in. Exactly. She's very upper crust. Yeah. I mean, comes from a wealthy, wealthy family. Yes. I mean, Jet's heading to Paris before she was, you know, before she was 18. Like, you know, very, a very different world that we were um, seeing, like, yeah. that we've seen there. And it's the kind of classic, I mean... You know, it is that kind of like jet setting, you know, gorgeous girls. Like it kind of feeds into maybe some yeah. of the caricatures of Epstein. Exactly. Both very beautiful women, like absolutely very put together. Um, this and, was yeah a whole new world. Yeah. This, um, this was a lot more sort of what originally, I, I think in, in Julie Brown's uh, articles, this girl resembles a lot more the girls that, that we that we read about there. Yeah, I mean, I want to, like, be really, like, yeah, I mean, look, this was West Palm Beach. There's a lot of alcohol use, a lot of drug abuse. Um, There is charges of, like, you know, child molestation when she was a kid, of sexual abuse by her grandfather when she was four years old. There is, you know, she has run-ins with the law. Like, she, I mean, just physically, you know, I think it's fine to say, like, yeah. she doesn't, she's missing teeth. Yeah, I mean, well, um, when she, I mean, when she came up to the stand, listen, I have, uh, you know, for maybe those who are li- tuning in new into, into the show newly, I spent a lot of time around people who've done a lot of drugs, and I myself was a drug addict reprobate for many years, like, not the, like, cool kind. Uh, and so, you know, there's a certain, like, way that you talk and a cadence and like literally a tone of voice that you get when you you know you do enough dope and she had it so immediately when she came to the stand i was like okay yes i can see this we also knew that um from some of what i believe the defense had leaked is that they were going to try to smear her as a doper um and so you know she gets up there and she starts talking about you know this is very immediately very different than what we've heard uh you know she says she last the last grade she finished was seventh grade um, yeah she is a middle school dropout which is like uh, i mean you know you hear about high school dropouts hearing that someone dropped out of middle i yeah. mean dropped out at seventh in seventh grade and um you know basically was introduced to epstein when she was 14 years old yeah yeah that's what uh and and that's you know they ask her she's upfront about her drug abuse or her past drug abuse immediately they ask her that in the first few questions it says have you used drugs you've been addicted and she says addicted to pain pills and cocaine Um, Uh, i want to really quick when she says pain pills i think it's very clear that what she's talking about is oxycontin oh yeah and i think that there's an important aspect here where like i said before we're talking about models and actresses and this isn't to diminish their stories like at all whatsoever yeah but that an important aspect of this, I mean, the the opioid epidemic, which we've done episodes about yeah. on this podcast, is a very big, vast story Yeah, in like the last, you know, 10, 15 years. And so for it to enter this story makes yeah. a lot of sense Yeah, in a really horrible, I mean, we're in Florida, right? Yeah. This is in the belly of the beast. And the, these two stories kind of um, 
intersecting, I guess, is a lot to take in. Yeah, I mean, listen, this lady's only like, a, you know, she's she's a, she's, she's older than me, right? But like, it's it's I got into these same exact drugs. You know what I mean? I knew people who fucking mostly guys that did this, but like got with older guys for money to buy yeah. dope, you know? And it's like, this is, I mean, this is the kind of person that I've spent a lot more time around than anybody like Jane or Kate, you know, again, not to diminish them or anything, but like, no, this was like, no, we've both spoken about how powerful their testimony. was. Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean this, this, her, uh, Carolyn's testimony really, really affected me. Mm. Um, uh, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, but she talks about how, you know, they asked her, like, when you were between 14 and 16, how did you make money? She said, I went to Jeffrey Epstein's house. And yeah. I, I really noticed how, um, you know, when she was talking, the way that, especially Kate talked about Ghislaine as her, like, this glamorous person she sort of, sort of looked yes. up to in a way. I wanted to be her. I wanted to be her. Mm, for, I wanted her to like me. There was this, yeah. Exactly. For Carolyn, it was like, she was the lady that... that like told me to go there and would call me like there was none of that sort of like looking up to her or anything like that no and in fact she didn't even call her Ghislaine because she said i can't i could never pronounce her name so i called Which, her maxwell exactly yeah and um you know it was this her story is pretty entwined with Vir virginia roberts yes. uh, who came up a lot i mean she was introduced to uh to epstein and Ghislaine via virginia roberts who at the time, Virginia Roberts was living with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend and, and Virginia were friends with uh, the, the I think, 18-year-old, 17-year-old, this guy named Sean that Carolyn was dating. And mm -hmm. when she was 14, or she started dating when she was, he was 13, or she was 13. Um, and she is asked by Virginia, you know, do you want to make some money? You know, we can go over here. And it's that sort of classic recruitment tale that, that really, like, was a lot of people's introduction to Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and essentially like this is, this is the story that I think if people know about the Epstein stuff, this is the story that they know. Um, you know, uh, a, a poor girl from Palm beach, uh, who mother is basically an alcoholic and absent from her life is taken by another young girl over to Jeffrey Epstein's house where at first, the first massage she gives him, um, Virginia Jeffrey has sex with. Jeffrey Epstein in front of her. She doesn't touch him. The next time she goes over to the house alone. And then she says uh, probably hundreds or a hundred times she goes over there over the mm -hmm. next few years. And she's paid money to, um, to have sexual contact with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, you know, she's pretty clear that she, she only, um, she, she didn't, she it was mostly uh, him, touching himself you know she was pretty clear on that um where he tried to do other stuff sometimes but she she uh, was able to dodge it although he did involve her with uh, uh group sex with older women mm -hmm. um and uh in, including Nadia marchinko and you know it, it it was pretty like it was really to me this testimony um because it came with, from somebody who spoke kind of like how most people speak mm -hmm. i think rather than like somebody who was really highly educated um i think it was really so compelling because it was so black and white right like this is what happened he did this it was you know he, they paid me 300 dollars every time i went back there i spent the money on drugs yeah yeah i think you know it's interesting i think that sometimes when I don't know, just talking to some other people in the room about it, 
and trying to gauge like their responses. I think sometimes people get caught up maybe a little too much because I keep trying to put my mind, like trying to put myself in the mind of the jury. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes like people get caught up too much in the games and the like the legal games and they think, oh, that was a clever point or, oh, that was a thing. Like there's some sort of like, I don't know, they're watching like a football match or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't know if any of that really, like, for just, like, normal people watching a normal, like, just... Yeah. It's really, it was really sympathetic and really, really, every girl has been really effective, I believe. Well, so, I think with this especially, this was really, uh, I think this, her testimony was really effective and affecting, too, is because I think because of the prevalence of dope and opiates and fucking, and meth, too, yeah. I think that a lot of people know somebody who has either been in a situation like this where they have this sort of absent mother who's like all fucked up and like the kid kind of runs wild and gets in a lot of trouble mm. or they've known somebody who themselves has been like a, a like a, a you know a drug addict and had to either do some things that were very you know uh, degrading to themselves to get money or whatever like i mean that's the thing is like i kn i've known so many people like this and I've met especially like, you know, since I've been for, you know, when I worked in the fucking nut house and rehabs and stuff, met so many people like this too. Like it's, you know, I, I, I was a bad kid when I was 14, you know, like I got, when I was a runaway and stuff and that's when a guy, you know, tried to yeah. do that, you know, my own personal story with that. And like, that's why I was like, that's, this lady is like, I don't know. It seemed like someone you would know. Um, and so, I, I mean, I thought, you know, and she was, she was upfront about it too. You know, they asked her like, you know, she had a fucking kid when she was 16 and eventually Jeffrey Epstein stopped being interested in her when she was around 18 or she was, he was definitely by the time she was 18 uninterested and was like, do you have any younger friends? Do you have any younger yeah, friends? Yeah, that like, was very, she said why, it, they asked her like why she stopped and she said, it became clear I was too old for him. And they asked her why she went back and she was like, I needed money for the kid, Yeah, you know? And it, it's like. I mean, Jesus, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. And it's especially knowing Epstein's views on drug addicts, too. Like, you can imagine the contempt that he held her in. Angeline, too. Just yeah. that, you know, they thought this girl was trash. And exactly. they just fucking threw her away. Yeah, yeah. At this point, this is when they, the prosecution brings up Sarah Kellen. And this was an interesting, this is why I think that they might call her, is that they ask her if, they asked Caroline if she was ever photographed. And they said, she said, yes. Sarah Kellen photographed me at Jeffrey Epstein's house. She called me and asked me if, if she could photograph me. She would give me five to $600 to take nude photographs of me. And she agreed for the money. Now, this is the first time that we're hearing about the production of child pornography. Yes, yeah. It has been teased because, again, we don't know what the jury has seen in the sealed photographs. Yes, correct. Um, that were seized from Epstein's beach estate mm -hmm. uh and i believe the new york one but primarily focusing on the photographs found in palm beach so it seems that they were laying the foundation for this now that charge of child pornography is not in the indictment anywhere no, for no. Ghislaine. and so it's i i found it like that just said that really stuck out to me that this was suddenly like a new thing because it's a yeah. very serious there's no really gray area about photographing and, and producing child pornography. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and the thing with this too is that I mean, a lot's been said about how the girls were sort of instructed to tell Epstein they were 17 or 18, but she's very upfront about that. She's like, "No, uh, Jeffrey told me to travel with her 
with him, but I told him I was too young. Yeah. I was 14 years old and my mom's not going to let me. Yeah. And you know, that was sort of that for, you know, it's like, she's like, no, I told him I was a child. Yeah. She said that Virginia would drive her because she couldn't drive herself. She didn't have a license. She yeah. also said at one point that her mother drove her to Jeffrey Epstein's house. Mentioned two lingerie that got sent to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple of other things too. Uh, oh yeah. Massage for dummies and incubus concert tickets. Yeah. She also, I mean, very tearfully, it was a tough testimony. She kind of broke down a couple times, particularly on cross-examination, which we'll get to. But um, she did kind of tearfully say, and very regretfully, that she introduced and brought friends to Jeffrey Epstein. Two to three different friends. She mentions three. um, You know, they're all about 15, 16 that she introduces to Jeffrey, and she said she did it because she got paid more. She would be paid $600 while her friend was paid $300. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I do think that, again, like, the the money aspect really was not, um, that was not the 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 emphasis even with jane she was given money but it was more of a like gift it felt yeah. like as opposed to a transaction yeah this was presented as like no i needed money and jeffrey gave me money yes and Gillane gave me money. you know whatever. and you could tell like this is like that's why she went over there right like yes. she wasn't like these people are so cool and like sophisticated she's like i need 300 dollars because right. i don't have any money yes and they knew that too they asked her if she'd ever been arrested as well um, and she mentioned that she had been arrested in 2011, uh, for cocaine possession. And she said, which I found very charming. Very- also, I know many, I, I understand this too. She said she handed the officer the drugs and I think during a traffic stop and they asked her why she did that. And she says, because I was stupid and kind of laughed and like, listen, I've been arrested for felony drug meth possession and, uh, it is a fucking, it's a scary thing. And, um, she got arrested a couple of years after that, too, for um, trying to sell stolen property, which turned out to be an Xbox. Yeah, that, she pawned an Xbox that, that she was told was... By her baby daddy, was yeah. told that was uh, uh, that was not stolen, and she had two felony charges from that. Um, yeah, she spent 52 days in jail and then went straight into a drug treatment facility. Yeah, and you know they asked her to list what drug she's on now. Uh, from, from memory, I think she said methadone, Doxepin, uh, Xanax, and Vyvanse. Mm-hmm. Did I get those right? Yeah. I got those right because I have been prescribed several of those drugs. And um, not methadone, uh, but I have taken methadone many times. For those who don't know, methadone is something that they give you, kind of like Suboxin, to, you know, basically to keep you off of dope. Um, but uh, uh, Doxepin, I was actually prescribed for sleep, but I guess it's a bipolar or schizophrenic medication. Mm. She said she's on it for that. Um and that became clear that they're going to try to use that to the, like, I, I know, I, I, as you know, I miss the cross, but, you know, to, to, to say that those affect her memory. Um, she did say that she has schizophrenia and hears voices that tell her that her children are going to be taken, which is really heartbreaking um, to hear. Uh, but overall, even when she was talking about that, she's like, no, I know their voices. Like, my children aren't going to be taken. They're safe with me. Um but yeah, it was just, it was, it was really heartbreaking to, to hear. So around this time, uh, I had to go back to where I'm staying to get something. Uh, and it turns out that a pipe had burst in the ceiling and there was water 
coming through the ceiling. Uh, and that was a big emergency. So I was MIA for the rest of the day mm-hmm. because I was swabbing the fucking decks and being like, uh, what do I oh do? God. Because, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, this isn't my apartment or nothing. What's the name? President Chaos? Pro- well, President Chaos is the one who burst the pipes. But yeah, yes. Yeah, classic. Yeah, classic, classic little bit. Of, yeah, it story. was not fun. But I was there, dear listeners, mm-hmm. scribbling away. And our favorite lawyer, Pagliacci, got up there to cross-examine. Now, this cross-examination, when did you leave, Phrase? Uh... 12.45. Okay. It didn't end until five minutes to five. Yeah. Which is insane. So. And pa- it's not because there were a billion questions. It because, it's because my man is so fucking slow. Well, I did see the very beginning of his cross. And once again, he immediately blurted out a name that he should not have read. Yeah, he meant, well, not just once. He actually said the victim's last name thrice. Yes, thrice. Thrice. And upon the third mention was, there was like, they were scurried off into a, you know, little sidebar where I don't know if an official admonishment happened, but. We heard about the official admonishment the first time he did it, but now he's done it four times to two different victims. And so no longer thinking this is an accident. Yeah. And the, well, no, I do think it was an accident. And I'll tell you why. I think that what he was doing is, so basically he was pulling up a deposition that she gave. She's filed two civil suits. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so it was a deposition in conjunction with a civil suit that she filed against Epstein and Sarah Kellen. So he was reading from that testimony, which had, yeah. which was not appropriately, um, like her name wasn't appropriately redacted. Yes. So he mentioned her last name. The thing is, is that like at this point, he's just going through all of these statements to say like, okay, you said this and these dates don't match up with what you said today. And yeah. it's blah, 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 blah. And you know, there's a lot, there are a lot. And there are a lot of, um, a lot of the testimony that she gave in the deposition did not match the testimony that she gave today in terms of dates, ages, certain details. This is something that we've seen before. And if anyone has ever followed any case having to do with sexual abuse that where there's like a huge gap in years, like this, you always see this. Okay. At certain point though, and this Mm -hmm. is the thing that started to really bother me because again, we don't need to go through the details of the back and forth or everything. It's just like hammering at home. But at a certain point, and this speaks to the way that he blurted out her name. It starts to feel like it's just lawyers going at lawyers. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so sure. you're kind of watching this game play out between two legal teams that are really only concerned with each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And gaming each other. We saw this with Kate. Yeah, in some way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you've got this girl sitting here who is... Like a fucking drug addict who was like abused as a child, like from four years old. Yeah. By family members and then like thrown into fucking Jeffrey Epstein. Like it just like so horrible. The most horrible things you're hearing. And you're just seeing these, um, you know, different attorneys basically carve out and game out 
their version of what happened, irrespective of like what she's actually said or what she's continuing to say. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, it feels as though rather than, I mean, and even sometimes the prosecution feels this way. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like they're all guilty in my mind. I don't like lawyers. Um, but it's just like, it feels like what then gets shaped into what happened has nothing to do with actually what these girls are saying. And like, they're just continuing to be used just in the same way that Ghislaine used them. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it seems like, I don't know. I, I mean, I have never been called to testify or anything like that, been up on the stand, but it seems like such an almost not dehumanizing in the way that you're treated like a piece of meat, but like you're treated like just another like piece of evidence or paper right for either yeah. side and that that seemed i mean even with the prosecution in her like this sort of like fake nice way they were talking to her i mean like so everything kind of reeked of condescension um but yeah i mean i it, that's i i can only imagine how this afternoon went with that yeah because it's also like you know the deposition that she's reading from was one written i mean not the deposition but the claim that she made in her suit was you know, shaped by her lawyers at the time in order to, for her to get the best version of what she could get exactly out of Epstein and Kellen, right? And so it is inevitably shaped into a narrative that the, like, and so certain things are omitted, certain things are focused on, whatever, right? And the same thing happens in every case. And so then, but then... What the defense was doing, what Pagliacci is doing, is then pulling that claim and saying, but this is what you said. Yeah. And it's like, but that's not what she said has ever happened. It's just the version of what happened that a legal team decided yes. was the best version like, to present in order to get whatever. In a civil suit, yes. In a civil suit. In the same way that like, right now, the you know, for better or for worse, the same thing is happening with the way that the state's attorney's office is picking which victims in order to shape the case mm -hmm. that and they need in order to prosecute Ghislaine. Exactly. Which questions to ask. And that, that naturally shapes the, the testimony they give as well. Yeah. And I guess I'm just like, I, you know, I understand that this exists and why it exists and whatever, but you're, it's like at a certain point, like Pagliacci is asking her using these like legal terms and she's just like exhausted. She's exhausted. Yeah. She's fucking sobbing. She's like, I don't know what that means. That's not what happened. I know what happened. Like, why aren't you just asking me normal questions? Like, but she's a normal yeah, person. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and it, instead, you're just watching this fucking legal, these legal matches. It's like watching a YouTube debate or yeah, something. Yeah. And I know certain people like that shit, but it makes me feel like those are the kind of people that have no actual, like, connection to what to the real world and real people and real pain yeah 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 and it's just it started to make me feel really sick watching all of this well it's almost over not not no i can't believe that the prosecution is gonna rest the prosecution's gonna rest and i think from what i understand from what i understand this could be wrong there might be about four weeks of defense. And I believe from the things that they have teased and from the foundations they have laid, they are going to bring in every angry ex-boyfriend, every stern <laughs> bartender, everybody that's been tipped 18% instead of 20 in everybody's lives to come in and be like, you know what? They're fucking liars and they asked for it. And 
even if they didn't, they were whores anyways. Ugh. So we're going to see that. Well, the prosecution may soon be resting, but you know what? We're not. No. So I'm Liz. My name is Brace. And of course, we are joined on the ones and twos Diplo style by producer Young Chomsky. And this has been True and On. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeff, Jeff, Jeffrey.